0: There's absolutely nothing more rewarding to me than seeing a small business owner or an executive, uh, a manager, feel more hopeful and optimistic, more excited and enthusiastic and ready to get to work. You can just see the physical change. Their energy tanks are filled and they're ready to get after it. That to me, there's nothing better. In business, you want to consistently attract incredible people, grow at an accelerated rate, and create a unique competitive advantage. The goal, it isn't to just be the best, but is to be the favorite. The favorite in the eyes, the mind, and the heart of your customer. To stay competitive in today's world, you want to build a business where people want to come to work and where they have a chance to be great at doing what they love the most. And you accomplish that by leading through values. Because when you lead through values, people excel, profits increase, and your brand becomes more human. Now make sure you download your free guide at LeadThroughValues.com. I'm James Mayhew, your chief culture officer, and you're listening to Lead Through Values. And over the past several years, I've been working with a wide variety of people. And these people are small business owners. They are CEOs. They're people in transition. Actually, they're they're oftentimes maybe the the person that started the business, and they've had to transition from being the business owner to something more like a CEO or that operations person. And and each stage that there's this transition that happens, there is a new ceiling that they hit. And we, you know, just talking with them, it's like here's the stuff that keeps me up at night, and it really doesn't matter if it's. What size of company? Uh, It doesn't really matter what age the business is. These are the same kinds of things at every stage that that you run into. Okay, so here are some of the examples. The stuff that keeps business owners or executives and leaders up at night includes being worried about sales and revenue. Like that never goes away. You always have your eye on that. You're always measuring it. It's probably the one metric everybody is, is paying attention to. But here's some of the other things. You're worried about the competition. Uh, A new competitor moves in and suddenly you lose employees or the customer that has been loyal to your business. You, you learn that they're trying out the, the competition and it makes you go, why, why is that happening? So you worry about the competition. Here's another one. You're concerned about your engagement of your people and your overall culture. Every time that I've ever worked with a business that is growing, engagement and culture always come to the top. Now they may not always come to the top in the most obvious ways. It may come up in um, we have a manager that is failing to communicate or set expectations well. So there's a there's an example, or it may come in that we have another division and they're not communicating well, and we have a maverick leader who's who's kind of driving and doing their own things and they're they're disengaged from the rest of the company. Their team likes them and they're doing well, but like they're not in alignment with who we are and what our culture is. Here's another thing that keeps business owners up at night. Mistakes. You know, mistakes are huge. Everybody's going to make mistakes. And so the way that you handle mistakes as part of your leadership and part of your culture tells a lot to your people. If you've ever worked for a company or you're running a company that is that is very mistake adverse, like we don't make mistakes around here, uh, there's a lot of pressure on that. And there's certain kinds of businesses where mistakes, you can't make mistakes in banking, you can't make mistakes in, in legal, you can't make mistakes in healthcare. I get that. But for the lawn care people, or for the contractor, or for the retailer, or for the e-com person, Mistakes are actually part of business. Mistakes lead to remakes. They lead to busyness. They lead to being uh, late. They might lead to overtime. And so all these things begin to impact profitability. Not only does it impact profitability, but it's impacting the enjoyment. And so mistakes are things that we have to really pay attention to. And that's why it keeps business owners up. Here's another one issues with suppliers or partners or vendors, right? If there's a misalignment in say values and you make a promise to your customer that we can get this product to you by the time that you need it, but you don't have control of that product. You know, it's not something that you stock or it's not a service that you directly provide. So a great example could be something like a betting company. Um, Think of your top brands in the sleep industry. They're not necessarily the ones that are delivering it to the end customer. So who you contract with, who you hire to represent your business at the home when you're delivering that bed to the new homeowner or just to the person that's, that's so excited to get their new bed and they've dropped some significant money on it if that delivery service does not represent your brand and your company at the same level that you took care of them, you've got a huge gap. That keeps business owners up at night. That keeps operations managers up. That keeps sales sales representatives, customer service representatives up at night. Here's another one. How about the brilliant jerk that works for you? Or other toxic behaviors that end up in a workplace that kind of stuff wears on a on a manager it wears on a leader because you're constantly having to deal with stuff that is distracting of you when you're dealing with toxic employees and you are allowing toxic behaviors to come to continue and you're not addressing them like because you're you're an avoiding leader you're going to create incredible problems Now one of the episodes that we'll get into uh later are types of behaviors that leaders do that we all have, myself included, because listen, I'm a, I'm a leader, too. I, I serve in nonprofits. I I'm constantly leading teams and companies and organizations. But I still have tendencies of I might be an avoider at times. I have the hard conversation today. I'll do it tomorrow. I might be a rescuer at times where I take something back from somebody. I might be overly critical. I might be a little too controlling. Those are four behaviors that we do that create busyness, that create extra work, that that limit people, that create followers instead of creating other leaders. Uh, that's a lot. But we got there because we were talking about one person, like the brilliant jerk. And by the way, let me just clarify who the brilliant jerk is. The brilliant jerk is the great performer in your company who, who brings in a lot of revenue. They make the sales. They get the cash, right? But they may be stepping on other people to get there. They may be uh, making promises. They may be just doing some non-ethical things at times because they want to be the person. And so they're not a great teammate. They're a tough person to deal with because they, they may be significantly important. But what you may be missing is, is the toxicity around them that they create that pulls other people down. So the brilliant jerk and toxic behaviors keep people up at night. How about this one? Uh, You're concerned with growth and how to get over the hurdle. Every business experiences moments where you get stuck, but sometimes you can get stuck so long it just becomes stagnant. And so the growth that you experienced, the new customer acquisitions that you got, the sales things that you, you were experiencing suddenly slow down and you've got a new hurdle to get through. This is probably less strategy and probably more culture. That's going to make some of you who are very strategic minded question that. But trust me, the fuel to your strategy is culture and it's by people doing the work. This plateau, this stagnant, this ceiling, this hurdle can really keep people up at night. Now there's another one. How about just a culture of busyness and the real sin of busyness is hurriedness. I've talked with business owners, I've talked with C-suite leaders. I've talked with managers. I've even you know just you pick this up from people in an organization as well who aren't in leadership roles. Yes, we're busy and we always are scrambling. Uh, One of my favorite stories is when a good friend of mine uh, was saying, he asked one of his employees, how do you know when I'm stressed? And her very quick response and accurate response was because you're hurried and you make everybody around you hurried. So that keeps people up at night and that becomes a perpetual thing. Like all of these, it can feel like a vortex, a spiral that you just, it's tough to break free from. Here's another one. Just feeling like you don't have all the answers. (laughs) Like leadership and owning a business is a lonely place. And there's people listening right now that are going, yep, I know what that feels like. And it's just, you never have all the answers. As a business owner, everything feels new because you're going into new growth areas. You're having to Higher when you've never really had to worry about that before. You just knew somebody and you you invited them to come to work for you and it was a great fit. Well, you get to a certain stage. Now you have to be a little bit more put together and you're actually writing job postings and creating job descriptions. Listen, if you've never done that before, of course, they're going to feel unsure about that. If you've never interviewed somebody before, like I've got clients right now that this is new to them. They've never been in a position where they've ever had to really follow um, any kind of hiring practice or or do that before. So how do you do it? Like th- you got to just go and do. Well, that keeps people up at night because you don't have the answers. These are all all of these things that we just listed. There's I don't know ten of them roughly are things that keep business owners and executives up at night. This is why I coach guys. This is this is what makes me excited because all of these challenges can be overcome. And that's why I come back to saying there is absolutely nothing more rewarding for me than when I get a chance to see a small business owner or an executive, a manager, somebody in a leadership role recapture like that feeling of being hopeful and optimistic and excited, enthusiastic even about what's to come and they're ready to get back to work and they have this new confidence that gets them started and going again and their teams are rallying around them and all the chains that were there are kind of broken free. This is incredible stuff. You know, so when we're talking about leading through values and building a culture, we're talking about some of these major topic areas like how do we improve communication between teams and individuals? This is this is culture. This isn't strategy, this is culture. This is leadership. Things like employee engagement, Uh, driving innovation. Did you know what culture drives innovation? It really does. It is you either, you either react to problems or you respond to them. You're anticipating them ahead of time. That's a piece of culture. So on this podcast, on this lead through values podcast, I'm, I'm pumped. I hope you can hear it because this is where I get a chance to talk about the things that get me excited, the triumphs, the successes, but also the pain and the obstacles that we've had to get through, there's so much to learn here. And it is a constant practice for me as well. But here's the thing, because I'm not working in one industry or just for one company, I'm working with a variety of industries and a variety of companies. The beauty of it is, is I'm seeing and learning at this accelerated rate. It makes me so much better as a coach um, or a consultant or even a trainer Because I've seen the issue here. Here's how we overcame it. And so now I can help another business owner or another manager see it and anticipate it and say, okay, watch out for this. This is a culture issue starting to come up. You have a gap in values. I mean, I can pinpoint these things. Um, I, I can see toxic behavior before it starts to really become a problem. I can sense it. And so now it's like, how do we transition and coach through that? instead of being a boss and trying to push people through. That doesn't work. So on this podcast, we're going to talk about what it means to lead through values. We're going to bring conversations in with other business owners and other business leaders who are passionate about people. They're passionate about leadership and excellence and culture and all these things. So I'm so excited to bring this new podcast to you. This, this transition. It's not to say that anything that we talked about on the old podcast, The Unbusy Leader, all of that's pertinent. Go back and listen to those episodes. But what I'm saying right now is this is a new focus going forward because this is where solutions lie. And that's, that's the big transition that I wanted to make with Unbusy Leader. There's two or three things that I have discovered about myself that are my gifts that I bring. And I have to bring these gifts out because it's like, I'm going to go crazy if I don't. And so it's leading to values. We make decisions based on values all the time. You know, it's simple. We, outside of rules and policies, we just have to ask ourselves, is it right for us and is it right for the customer? If it's a yes and a yes, we go forward. That's a values-based decision. If one of them is no, then we need to pause. That's a simple thing. I am passionate about operationalizing culture, about creating expectations and standards that we can see so that when we can observe them in action, then we can evaluate them and we can coach around them. And this is huge because this is the other part of me that has to come out. And that is I'm all about human potential and human behavior. I love to study it. I love to see it. I love to figure out what... What makes a person tick? I love, to, I love to try to figure out what's the best way to approach this person. What are their strengths? What, like, what are their God given talents? And are we tapping into that? Or are we, as a leader, sometimes holding that back and confining it? So we gotta let that out. So we have to figure out, too, what people are passionate about. Uh, when I do Strengths Finder coaching, which is a big piece of, of the work that I do. There are four things that, that StrengthsFinder opens up that are, are absolutely critical for any organization, for any business to do well, right? We need to understand people. This is what I'm talking about, human potential, human behavior. I help my clients learn how people want to be communicated to and how they communicate. That's number one. The second thing is how do they make decisions? Do they think about it? Or do they plan it out? Are they methodical about it? Or are they more prone to jump in and just, you know, do like decide? Which is closely tied to the third one, which is how do they get work done? Do they need all sorts of tools or do they like kind of create as they go? What's their mode of working? Uh, it's not about work ethic. Work That's a different thing altogether. I'm talking about what it what they need around them to get work done. That could be isolation, that could be collaboration, kind of two ends of the spectrum. And then the fourth thing is, is how do they build relationships with others? Do they like to include a lot of people? Do they need to be known and know a lot of people? Or are they very introverted? Are they very quiet? Are they very focused on on just what they need to get done and They're not really paying attention to other people. Like These are all real situations. And I could give you stories. And through this podcast, I'm going to give you tons and tons of stories about how people can work better together, how we have used strengths or other things to improve communication, to improve team performance. This is what this podcast, this is what I want to bring to you. And and really at the end of it, what I'm hoping for is that we just raise the standard by leading through values and that we don't have to make work a place that we dislike. That, so I believe that we are created to work. And so if, if when we have that mentality, when I have that attitude, uh, we want to find a way to make work fulfilling and give people a, a chance to exercise their gifts, their talents, their their skills, all the things that they've picked up so that they can go crush it. Because I believe most people want to do that. In this day and age, I believe most people still want to do that. It can be easy at times to put people into a box and label them with um, generational labels, if you will. I'm not even going to go there <laughs> because there's no point. I think that's possible. And we look at people and say, yep, they got that." They're, they always have their hand out. They're in, they have this entitlement. right? I don't think that's fair. There might be some truth to it but I don't think it's fair. And so we always have to look at ourselves first because we see the world through our own lens and we forget that other people think different, act different, communicate different, relate different. So when we lead through values, what we're doing is we're pulling all of the best stuff from an organization. We're saying this is who we are. We go through this process to, to, uh, to discover it. And by discovering it, uh, we're asking a lot of people. We're getting input from every part of the of the company now if it's a small company like it's one room if it's a big company it's a little more complicated but then the next step is we're going through and defining it we're defining what it means to lead to those values what do they look like how do we measure it how do we coach through it and I ask a hard question the hard question is two words so what does it matter if the answer is, yes, it matters, and we can see that, Like this is where the coaching evolves out of that. By asking so what, we can prove that this is something that is important to us and where we want to go. And then the third phase that I help my clients do through the lead-through values is, is that we operationalize it. Now we, we standardize it through the entire organization. This is who we are. This is what makes us better. This is how we get our work done. And these are the values that we operate on. This is where we live. That entire process is called the values mastery system. And it's a system that I've been using with great success to help businesses operate at their peak. There are businesses that are modeling it all the time. You know, one, one example I like to use frequently at the end of 2020, moving into the beginning of 2021, where, um, a lot of fast food businesses aren't open inside, but you go through the drive through Well, there are some that are doing it really, really well. And it's because their values actually talk about, we're all about innovating. We're all about solving problems. Well, they, that means they're anticipating them. And if you're a business that doesn't anticipate problems, you're going to be slow to solve problems. That's a culture decision. So again, this is why we say leading through values. It is it is all about performance. Culture is all about performance. So I'm going to wrap this one up because I, I have things that I want to share with you, but I wanted to set the stage for what I do, who this is for, what you can expect out of it. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm humbled that you're here. I'm just going to work really hard to bring you content that is going to change the way you lead, that is going to change the way your business operates. There is a guide that I would love for you to download. This isn't just like an ebook. There is, It's a little bit of a worksheet, okay? This is some self-reflection. You're going to go to leadthroughvalues.com and get that. Download it. All you got to do is put in your first name and your email address. It'll show up in your, your inbox. So then listen to those next five episodes as I walk you through. And then stick around because I've got some incredible interviews behind those. Hey, everyone, this is James. And I want to tell you about an upcoming virtual coaching program called Accelerate. It's for high achieving, success minded people just like you who demand greatness of themselves and expect it of everyone around them. Accelerate will help you drastically improve communication in your business, reduce bottlenecks and busyness, help spark innovation and even creative thinking. Absolutely maximize team performance. Now accelerated for business owners, executives, it's for up-and-coming leaders, anyone who is wanting to advance their leadership and to build their business capacity in 2021. The training starts in February and Space is limited. Learn more at jamesmayhew.com.